Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. While it is true that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church as a whole, that does not mean that certain individuals will not be harmed or even killed or martyred. We see that here with the two witnesses, faithful men of God. And if it is Moses and Elijah, think about their, their, their track record. It's amazing. I am Today on Truth in Christ, our scripture says, When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. The two witnesses are killed by the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit, but their ministry is not cut short. They fully accomplish their task when they finish their testimony. Thanks be to God, we can't be taken off this earth until we finish our testimony. The devil doesn't have power over our lives. We are witnesses of the Lord, and he will protect us until our testimony is finished. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he continues our study. Why some have said that Elijah and Enoch should be the other two witnesses. Elijah never died. He was taken up into a whirlwind. In fact, and uh, we'll look at uh, Enoch in a, in a few moments. But just because he died doesn't mean that he can't be one of these two witnesses. Jesus resurrected a 12-year-old girl. She died. She was resurrected. Jesus resurrected Lazarus, but ultimately Lazarus would have to die again, a physical death. Dorcas, in Acts chapter 9, she was raised to life from the dead by Peter. And even us at the rapture, there is a group of us, and hopefully it's all of us, when the rapture occurs, we will be raised, and we will not see death. But the vast majority of people on the earth, it is true that they will die a physical death, and then the judgment. But it's not true for every single human being that's ever lived. It's more of a, uh, an overwhelming kind of blanket statement, if you will. But what about Enoch? Was Enoch a prophet? Yes, he was. In fact, what does the Bible say? In Jude chapter 1, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, speaking of lawless men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are godly or ungodly excuse me, among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way, and the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So even before the flood, we have Enoch, who was a prophet. And what does the scripture say in Genesis 5 concerning Enoch? He 
lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And notice verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. The idea is literally God translated him. You could even say he raptured him. So it could be Elijah and Enoch or Elijah and Moses. The church in the early first century believed both of these two views. It was either Enoch and Elijah or, or Elijah and Moses. I personally believe that these two witnesses are Elijah and Moses. Because they do sum up the law and the prophets in the Old Testament. And who was there on the Mount of Transfiguration but these two men? Calling down similar, uh, similar uh, judgments upon the earth. And God can use them again. And even though they may die again, God is able to raise them. Is he not? Lazarus died. He was raised again. And then he died. And guess what? He's going to be resurrected again. Think about the, the yo-yo that that guy must feel like. It's like, I don't even know if I'm alive or dead. <laughs> I love that. So I believe these two are Elijah. And let's go on to verse 5. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth, devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm Uh, Harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven. We looked at that. So that rain doesn't fall in the days of their prophecy. They have the power over waters to turn them to blood. We saw that in the life of Moses. And to strike the earth with all plagues, very reminiscent of the ten plagues in Egypt and Exodus. But notice now what happens in verse 7. It says, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit. This is the Antichrist. When he finally comes to power, he is going to be so furious with these two individuals, he's going to want to just crush them. He wants to destroy them, just like he wants to destroy any believer. And he wants to destroy you. The Antichrist is not on the earth now, but the devil, he doesn't like you. He wants to destroy you. Even as a Christian, he knows he can't take away your salvation, but he can make your life miserable. He can bring you into bondage, if the Lord wills, he can bring you into bondage to addictions. And I believe God, with the Spirit of God in you, is able to break those addictions, but you have to be willing to let it happen. You've got to be willing to put feet on it. You've got to be willing to pray and really call upon the Lord often. I meet people say, well, I called upon the Lord, it didn't work. And I'm like, what? You called upon the Lord and it didn't work. Well, how many times did you call? I just once. I was in a bad jam and I called on him and nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess he really doesn't work. I should renounce my faith too. I mean, really? Didn't Jesus say, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking? You keep knocking, you keep seeking. You don't give up. And he doesn't do that just to treat you harshly. There's something in the waiting of all of that that changes us, that makes our character so different, so like his. And isn't that what it's really all about, sanctification? Isn't he sanctifying you right now? Is anybody here not being sanctified? Is he not conforming you to his image? And to be conformed to the image of Christ is not pie in the sky all the time. In fact, often there is tribulations and trials that are associated with it. Nobody knew that better than Jesus. What did it say in Isaiah 53? He was a man of sorrows. Can you recognize, um, does that agree with you? Does that sound familiar? 
Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything is going to be fine. The most important things are going to be fine. But now you're in a battle you've never been in before. And it's not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And how will you fight that battle? Are you going to fight it on, uh, with guns? Are you, going to go to, are you going to go buy a gun? And again, I'm not, I don't have any problem with firearms. I have some. Not a problem with it. But the battle we're fighting is not a physical battle. Ultimately, it's a spiritual battle. And Jesus has already conquered that, the devil. Amen? And he's given you and I the victory. We don't see it now, but you will. And believe me, when you do, your smile is going to be so wide, every one of us could do a toothpaste commercial. We don't even need the whitening strips beforehand. We're going to smile, and the teeth are going to shimmer like diamonds. I'm looking forward to that. While it is true that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church as a whole, that does not mean that certain individuals will not be harmed or even killed or martyred. We see that here with the two witnesses, faithful men of God. And if it is Moses and Elijah, think about their, their, their track record. It's amazing. And God's going to allow them to die. And they know this in advance. And you know what? They're so willing to come back. Death is no big deal to them. I'd, be, I'd gladly give my life for the king of kings. That's their attitude. And what is your attitude? Would you be willing to give your life to the king of kings? You may not have to give your life to the king of kings. I mean, I, I say that in, in, a, in a way. You may not have to die for the cause of Christ. But will you die to self? It's a decision you have to start and do today. Because I can say, oh, I'll die for Christ, but if I'm not dying to him daily, what makes me think I'm going to have the chutzpah to die physically if, if I'm ever called to do it? What will I do? Hopefully none of us will have to face that. But notice that it wasn't until they finished their testimony that God allows them to be killed. They had a purpose and a plan. God made sure that they finished it. And then finally, this, this beast from the Antichrist, this spirit, the, the very devil himself is going to come out of the Abuso, inhabit this man of sin, and we're going to call this person the beast. And he is going to put to death these two witnesses. And their dead bodies, verse 8, will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. And you may be wondering, what city is that? Well, they give, he gives us a clue. Where also our Lord was crucified. Oh, it's Jerusalem. Yeah, it is. That's what it says. <laughs> then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies... For three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. I want you to understand and underline something. Notice, then those peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations, they will see their dead bodies for three and a half years, or three and a half days. How is that possible? When John wrote this, this was not possible. It was not possible. But guess what? Cable TV was invented in America in 1948. The Internet was invented in the 60s. Originally, it was for the Department of Defense and ARPANET. And, it's even, and even more specifically, in 1969, it became developed. And it wasn't until just in the year 2000 sometime, I forget what year it was, or um, 96 or 97, 98, around there, people were actually able to get it in their homes, and you paid an exorbitant price, and it was hooked up to a modem, and you... Remember those days? I got a 2400 baud modem... Wow, that's, an up, that's a real upgrade for my 200 baud. 
I dial in and I wait 12 hours and I get a, I get a screen that says, you know, hello world. For the world to be able to view them in real time, we live in the only time in history where this is possible. Do you understand? CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, they're all going to be there with their cameras, and they're going to be looking at these people. They've been killed, they're laying in the streets, and their people are giving gifts and having fun, drinking, having a nice time. Finally, these guys have stopped tormenting us, telling us that Jesus loves me. We're sick of hearing him tell us that Jesus is coming back and that we've sinned against a holy God and there's only one way to salvation, that's through faith in Christ. Boy, I'm so glad those guys are dead. (laughs) That's the attitude in the heart of sinful man. It reminds me of Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the nations imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth will cast their cords off. They'll cut the cord We don't want you anymore. We can handle it ourselves. Thank you very much. We'll do a better job. See ya. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. And notice verse 11. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life comes, a breath of life uh, of God, of God enters them and they stood on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them. I would say so. Can you imagine that? They're sitting there uh, uh, at a, at an outside bar and grill, and the dead bodies are laying out there, and they're slamming their brewskis. And they're looking at taking pictures and texting them to each other. Finally, these guys are done. And all of a sudden, (laughs) they wake up, they stand on their feet, and great fear is going to fall on them. And then, into the clouds they go, into the clouds they go. In fact, they, they'll hear a loud voice saying, come up here. Does this sound familiar to you? Does it sound familiar? In Revelation chapter 4, isn't that what happened to John, representing the church in the rapture? Isn't that what we're going to hear, folks? Hopefully before the service is done today, we are going to hear, hopefully, I would love to hear it, right now, come up here. Our bodies will be changed and we'll be gone Is that going to create a wrinkle in the world economy? Is that going to create a wrinkle for governments to deal with? Thousands, hundreds of thousands, a couple million people have vanished all of a sudden. Where did they go? And this man of sin will rise up and say, I know where they went. Just like a dog shakes itself when it gets out of the water and shakes off the ticks and the fleas in the water, the earth has done the same thing. It's shaken itself, gotten rid of the offenders, these people who have always been in the way of real progress, these people who have been in the, in, in, in the way of, of, of our agendas, now LGBTQ can go forward in all of its glory. Now abortion can be completely legal, even more so. Even three years after birth, if you don't like your kid, kill him. The world will be a very, very ugly place it's already pretty ugly wouldn't you agree but it's going to get a lot more uh, it's uglier is that a right word it's going to get uglier and we know when he says come up here we, we saw that in thessalonians the rapture of the church we will see that and they heard a loud voice and they ascended to heaven in a cloud just as jesus ascended into heaven so these two will ascend into heaven as well 
Remember, on the Mount of Olives, before Jesus was ascend, uh, before he was taken into, into glory, his disciples were there. His, his, his death on the cross had occurred. His resurrection on the third day. He was seen by, for, for 40 days by people in his resurrected body. That very evening of his resurrection, he stood before the disciples in a closed room, and he showed up in the middle of them, and they thought a ghost was there. And he says, touch me, you know, for a, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have. And then 40 days later, he takes them out across the Kidron, up to the Mount of Olives, as far as Bethany. And right there, he ascends into heaven. And while they're looking up, as Jesus ascended into heaven, two angels on each side. I wonder if there are Moses and Elijah. It makes me wonder. Stan saying, Where, why are you guys standing here with your mouth wide open and your eyes pop popping? <laughs> the same Jesus is coming back in like manner on this very same place. And Zechariah tells us in this, when he comes back in his second coming, same spot on the Mount of Olives, and it will cleave in two from north to south and east to west. And in the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. And notice, and the rest were afraid, and they gave glory to God of heaven. This is the only time, I think, in Revelation where people on the earth are actually, for a moment, they're like, that they were afraid and they gave glory to God in heaven. Because when we look at these other scriptures, Revelation 9, 20 through 21, Revelation 16, those three scriptures there, Everywhere else, they're shaking their fist after these judgments. We just, they're blaspheming the name of God with their fist in the air, defiant right to the very end, even though they can see. I mean, you can imagine the lunacy of it all. If there's a copy of the scriptures around, I'm sure there will be. They'll probably be hard to find. But they'll actually be able to look and find out what's coming. What's on the menu for today? Oh, hail. I'm going underground. See ya. What's on the menu today? Oh, blood. On the, in the waters and on the streams. What's on the menu for today? They'll be able to see it coming. They'll know what's coming. And yet, still, I mean, to me, if I was during that time and going through that, I would read and I'd go, oh my gosh, Lord, you are all who you said you are. You, you said that these things were going to happen. Behold, they're right here. We've already seen all this stuff. I can't believe I'm still alive. And yet, there's more to come. At that moment, any reasonable human being would give it up and say, Lord, forgive me. I have sinned greatly. Forgive me. And you know what? God will say, you are forgiven. And even though you may die, guess what? You're going to go to heaven. Just like you told of the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. And the second woe, notice verse 14, the second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. We'll look at that third woe as we get into Revelation chapter 11, as we are in, in verse 15 next week. That, this is when the third woe begins. It's also the last trumpet which unleashes the seven bowls of wrath. This will be the worst of the worst of the worst that will be coming upon the earth. And that will be the third woe. That will be the thing that's going to be horrendous. And so, you know, you know are you willing to be a witness? Just as these two witnesses witnessed to the, the Jews and the Gentiles during that time, yet future. Are you willing to be a witness? 
Because we need to be careful, folks, especially in America. Christians in America, we need to be especially careful that we don't forget about service, that we don't forget about sacrifice. Because this is worship. This is part of worship. Sacrifice is part of worship. Singing is easy sometimes. Sometimes it's not easy to sing. Maybe you've been here and you've been encouraged to worship and you've just come from work. Maybe you just had to deal with something at home and you come in here and the last thing on your heart is to worship. Believe me, I've stood up here for 23 years. And you know how many times I felt that? I'm like, Lord, there's nothing in me. I'm just going through the motions. And I love it. Half the time, right in the middle of the service, I'm getting ministered to now. And then someone comes up afterwards and says, you know what? The Lord spoke to me something really huge during that. And I'm like, praise the Lord, he can still use a donkey. You know what I mean? Have you felt that way? I think the Lord does his best work when we feel like nothing. When we feel completely undone, everything's going wrong, can't possibly anything good happen in my life. And then I open my mouth and kind of a fatalistic thing, hey, the Lord loves you, man, he died for your sins. Really? And then they fall down, they start weeping, and they receive Christ, and you're like, what did I say? I didn't feel like this you know, man of the hour. Fall on your knees and receive Christ. You know, with your Alexander Scorby voice. You know, fall and kneel, you insolent fraud. God says, no, I'm not going to probably use you that way, but when you feel like there's nothing happening in you, isn't that oftentimes when he does his best work? So don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed of those times when you feel so small. Will you be a witness for him? We're going to read, uh, I'd like to read, we're going to take communion this morning. I know we're running late. I've been doing that a lot lately. You probably noticed. Have you noticed? Uh, <laughs> but before Sarah comes up, in fact, Sarah, go ahead and come up if you would. Kathy, I don't know if you're joining her or not, but uh, Sarah, come on up. Well, while she's coming up and getting ready, I want to read a scripture to you. And then Sarah will uh, lead us in worship. And while she does, just come on up and uh, grab the uh, cup and the juice. They're all sealed for you. These are really handy, fancy little doodads that we got. Everything's sealed. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Um, just peel the thing. You can peel the top thing back, and then, um, and then you peel the juice. So all in one little packet, uh, hermetically sealed for your safety. So, But let me read something to you, seriously. In Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah says, wash yourselves. And I think this is good for me, good for you, as before we take communion, to really examine our hearts. And I love what he says. He says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Now, obviously, Christ has made us clean by his blood. But there are certain things that we have to do as well. We have to put off those things, right? We, there's certain part of it that we are culpable, culpable in. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. I like it in verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. And this is the verse. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if. These are conditional promises, right? At least for the Jews at this time. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now you and I, we, we live in an age of grace, but the, the principle, I think, is the same. We need to confess our sin and come to him. 
And let our, even though our sins are as scarlet, they can be made white as wool. They can be white as snow because of the blood of Christ. And that's really what this is all about. When we take this cup and this bread, this is symbolic of what Jesus did on that night before he was taken. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.